We are in First Chronicles chapters 22, 23, and 24. Uh, and I would like to get through chapter 22 um, in this first segment today. Um, so we've got David uh, encouraging Solomon to build the temple. And David said, this is the place for the house of the Lord God and for the altar for burning offerings for Israel. If you'll take a look at the map, you see the city of David on the lower left. Uh, you probably can make out that David's palace is in the middle of the highest point in the city. Can you kind of see that? There's an arrow pointing to it. Um, those four things are the Temple Mount, something called the Millow, or the Stepped Fill area, then David's palace, then the Valley Gate. Um, we think now that David's palace was not there, but to, from your perspective, to, to the, it was off to the left. Um, because, which would be behind the palace as it is on the, on the thing here, because um, the foundation for a very large building has been found in that other location. So this is kind of an artist's rendition and doesn't quite jibe with, uh, with the actual archaeology. But then above the Temple Mount, about 12 city blocks away and uphill. So I, I start to huff and puff thinking about walking up there. But that's where, the, that's where the temple was going to be. David said to gather together the aliens who were residents in the land of Israel. I remember when we were working on the EHV, we debated whether we were going to use the word aliens or foreigners um, in a place like this. And we chose aliens because when the NIV was being done in the late 60s, early 70s, they veered away from aliens because it was the heyday of science fiction on TV and movies, and they want aliens to, to. But now, aliens and for, foreigners is beginning to have more of a negative connotation in the in in our country, and so we chose aliens to come back into the text. Um, so uh, the aliens who were uh, residents in the land of Israel. He lined up stone cutters to prepare trimmed stones for building the house for God. Incidentally, those trimmed stones, they had to be done off-site. Uh, we will find out later that when the temple was actually being constructed, they didn't allow the noise of any stone cutting or anything like that, or saw, wood sawing, to, be, to happen up there. It had to be silent or as quiet as you could possibly. So they, everything was cut elsewhere and brought and fit together up on the temple. Is respectful in the extreme. Well, have you ever been in a job site with a bunch of carpenters and stuff and plumbers and whatnot? Do you have a general idea of the language of such men? You know, um, and even if they're pretty God-fearing men, the fact is once in a while a hammer hits the thumb or whatever and people get upset and... and but with the, with the temple, it's going to be quiet. We're going to be respectful and reverent the whole time, which is an amazing concept here. He provided, David provided a large amount of iron for making nails for the doors of the gates, and he provided so much bronze for the fittings that it was not weighed. Um, these are iron nails, and these are hand-forged. So this is basically taking um, a, a, a long rod of iron, 
sharpening one end and then with a tool, um, I, I, uh, probably it would have been a, a hole. You would heat up and then uh, with a blacksmith tool, flatten the end with a, with a strong strike like that. These are of various sizes and so forth. Oops. Uh, he provided cedar logs beyond number because the Sidonians and Tyrians, people of Sidon and Tyre, brought a large supply of cedar logs to David. When I was growing up back in Poinette, Wisconsin, we had a lot, of, it was a lumber mill town in the 1800s, and there are a lot of pictures around where I grew up of stuff like this going on. Look at the size of that saw. Um, yeah, it is absolutely enormous, and they would... Um, the horses would carry the logs. I've got a feeling that probably Hiram did not send them down by sledge like this, but I'm guessing he did what any self-respecting lumberjack would do, and he sent them by water. Um, the, to, to, to have a float of cedar logs from Tyre and Sidon down to the coast of, uh, say, Joppa or Philistia, which David had conquered, giving them at least one port down there, the port of Acre um, or, or Acho, would have um, allowed access. And by uh, chaining a couple of logs together, a guy can stand on it without it rolling. And you can float the logs down if a horse is maybe attached with a, with a rope to the lead log set. Um, they could be pulled, you know, down the coast. I don't know if, if in the Mediterranean Sea, if that's reasonable but it seems more reasonable than trying to do it overland, over the mountains and stuff. So, anyway, uh, uh, but uh, uh, lumbermen are capable of some amazing things. So, uh, it just, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did use the, the Mediterranean for this. Then David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced. Solomon was... How old when he became king? Well, he had a son who was a year old. We know that because Solomon reigned 40 years, and when his son Rehoboam became king, he was 41. So how old does a guy have to be to have a one-year-old son? In biblical times, maybe 18. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so Solomon, I wouldn't be surprised if he was under 20 at this point. Um so the house to be built for the Lord will make his name very great and give him glory in all the lands. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David completed many of the preparations before his death. Um, he summoned his son Solomon and commanded him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. And I have a question for you on the sheet. Um, the, the Masonic Lodge, this is the kind of the third blob on your sheet. The Masonic, everybody know what the Masonic Lodge is? It's a secret society um, in many towns and almost all large cities in America. There will be some Masonic Lodge meeting house. There is one in New Ulm. It's down on, uh, I think it's on Minnesota, maybe a block or so in here. Um, maybe it has the it typically will have a, a compass and a divider and a star as a in stone up up on the wall of the of the building somewhere. Um, but that's the Masonic Lodge. And the Masons credit Solomon 
with the architectural genius of the design and execution of the temple, effectively uh, claiming Solomon as the very first mason. Um, how would you respond to that claim? Based on our text, David is the one who gathered all the materials, designed the thing. It wasn't Solomon who did it, but David. Solomon just sort of inherited it. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, if you ever see um, Mozart's opera, The Magic Flute, then you will, you will have many of the Masonic secrets revealed to you in song. Um, I was Interestingly, the Masons threaten anybody who reveals their secrets with death, and Mozart died while that opera was being delivered um, in Salzburg. So, and, and Mozart was how old when he died? 29, 30, something like that. So a little, little suspicious there. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, but this word of the Lord was laid upon me. You have shed much blood. You have waged great wars. You will not build a house for my name because a great amount of blood you have shed on the earth in my presence. So David was supposed to do that for the Lord, but also that meant that David wouldn't be the one to, to carry out this other achievement. Um, you see, a son has been born to you, God said. He will be a man of peace. To him, I will give peace from all the enemies around him. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, which is how you pronounce Solomon's name in Hebrew, shalomo. So the, 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 the man of peace, basically. Solomon will be his name. I will bestow peace and quiet upon Israel in his days. He will build a house for my name. He will be my son. I will be his father. I will establish the throne of his kingdom in Israel forever. And this, the tail end of this prophecy, we could see as a double prophecy with a double fulfillment, not only in Solomon, but in a greater way in Christ. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. But David took it as being Solomon, and he wasn't wrong to do that. Um, but here we also saw in this verse, who was it who chose Solomon really to be David's heir? God. Yeah, yeah, it was God. Now, my son, the Lord will be with you. You will succeed. You will build the house for the Lord your God, as he has said about you. The Lord will give you discretion and understanding. He will give you orders about Israel and about how to keep the law of the Lord your God. You will prosper if you will continue to carry out the statutes and the judgments of the Lord, or rather that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. I didn't capitalize Lord there, I apologize. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Wouldn't be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Wouldn't that be a good confirmation verse for some child? Pretty good. It occurs in other places in the Bible, too. Wouldn't, wouldn't be bad. Be strong and courageous. Look, with great effort, I have provided 100,000 talents of gold for the house of the Lord. A talent is about 25 pounds. That's a lot of gold. That's a lot of gold. A million talents of silver. That's a lot of silver. 
uh, and too much bronze and iron to be weighed. So I would assume more than a million uh, talents of iron and bronze. I have provided lumber and stones. You may add to what I have provided. <laughs> hey, there's a million talents of silver out back, Solomon. You can add to it if you want. It's... What does a million talents of silver look like? I wondered this. I did the math. It's 12,500 tons. That's what this ship weighs. This is the newest Coast Guard cutter of Japan. Uh, oh, it's China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was built in Japan. Um, that, is, uh, that is one very big ship. Can you see on the, do you see the number on the front, 3901? And if you go back where, where the stripes are and you go above the stripes, there you can see a little door on the deck. That gives you an idea of the scale of this thing. So it's about four stories tall. I mean, above the deck. Right? This is not a, a, a fishing boat. This is a big ship. 12,500 tons. There are plenty of laborers available to you, namely stonecutters, masons. What really is a mason? Bricklayer. Yeah, he's a bricklayer. And woodworkers, and those capable in all kinds of crafts. Also workers with gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Too many to count. Not only did he have too much bronze and iron to weigh, he had too many workers in bronze and iron to count. Um, get up and do it. The Lord will be with you. I just I thought that 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 would be kind of an interesting confirmation verse or wedding text, uh, school theme verse. Although, more than that, I wondered, maybe an encouragement for a friend pursuing an additional academic degree. Get up and do it. The Lord will be with you. David commanded all the officials and officers of Israel to help his son Solomon. That, now that by itself is maybe the greatest gift David gave to Solomon. He commanded all of his officials and officers to help Solomon. Gather around my son, who is, you know, whatever, 16, 17, or, or 18, is going to do this. My son Peter is 18. Um, you know, if uh, everybody gathered around, help him, you know, help him do this. Is not the Lord your God with you? He has given you peace on all sides by giving the inhabitants of the land into my hand. Remember in the past weeks, I've had maps of all the different areas that were conquered by David, Philistia, Moab, Edom, Ammon, way up north. Uh, all those different places and so forth. The land has been subdued before the Lord and before his people. Solomon should not have any wars to wage. He could build. Now, devote your hearts and your minds to seek the Lord your God. Get up and build the holy place for the Lord God in order to bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house built for the name of the Lord. And I have a, a question here. What was David's, what were David's goals with the temple? To praise God, number one. But couldn't he have done that with the tabernacle? Maybe? I kind of wonder this too. Not only in David's lifetime, but in the lifetime of all of David's ancestors back to the days of Ruth and so forth, 
um, the Ark of the Covenant had been over there, and the tabernacle had been back here, and it wasn't together like it was supposed to. Um, and it hadn't been together for a very long time. It makes me wonder, on the great day of atonement, which happens every year in September, what did they do? Did Were they able to have a day of atonement where the high priest went through the curtain to the, you know, from the altar through the curtain to what? It wasn't there. The ark wasn't there. So did they never celebrate that high festival? They were supposed to. And I kind of wonder if, they, if it ever got done. It seems like these festivals that God gave the people, that there was always at least one of them that wasn't really being done. Um, all through the Exodus, the 40 years of the, of the sojourn, they celebrated Passover twice. The first year, the second year. And then they never did it again. Um, they were all kinds, they, they never, they didn't, they weren't able to circumcise their babies. There's all kinds of things they didn't do or couldn't do or whatever. Um, and then they got to the promised land. They were there for a little while and then the ark got stolen. And then it got brought back and it wasn't in the right place. And then it, and, and it just, it was just a mess for so long. And I think that David, for religious reasons, wanted the whole shebang to be brought together. Let's get the ark inside of the Holy of Holies. But also, he had brought the ark inside the city walls. Let's make sure it doesn't get stolen. And there may have been other things on his mind. Down in Egypt, they were already at this time having trouble with more than one pharaoh. You had a pharaoh up north, and then down south, you had a priest at, down at Karnak who was calling himself pharaoh. And suddenly Egypt has more than one pharaoh. How many Egypts are there? And that meant that if somebody needed help from Egypt, he couldn't get help because if pharaoh number one leaves, pharaoh number two will conquer the whole thing. And, and so Egypt was no help. And David didn't want the priests opposing the king. What kind of a relationship did David have with the priests? You think of the music of the temple? I mean, wasn't he just interconnected with everything about temple worship? He was writing music. We're going to find out in a little bit that he was having music, better musical instruments made. He was, he was involved in everything. He's, the next two chapters, he's going to be dividing up the priests and Levites into more appropriate divisions to make sense out of the thousands of candidates that they had. So David is directly involved in this stuff. And the, the old tabernacle had been separated. Now it's going to be brought back. It's all going to be in one place, maybe to help with political issues, but mostly to give glory to God. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.